Welcome to Veterans Drinking Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues. Veterans acclimating back into civilian life. Today we have Justin Clark, <clears throat> Tech Sergeant Justin Clark, my apologies. He was an F-16 crew chief. He served in the United States Air Force. Who ya or hey, wait. Go Air Force. From 1999 to September of 2015, when he was medically discharged, uh, he did deploy out to Iraq in uh, 2004. We're going to talk a little bit more on that. He has had other what the Air Force called deployments to um, different uh, areas of the Middle East. Uh, with the Air Force, it is always nice to travel because they always bring with them the best food, the best facilities. I think there's always a pool possibly a golf course, but uh, welcome aboard, Just Greatly appreciate you coming in, man. Yeah, brother. I don't know how I did this, but I'm starting off my morning on the wrong foot. I haven't had coffee yet, and I'm already being interviewed by a cop. So <laughs> anybody who doesn't know my job outside <laughs> of this one is I'm a little bit of the 5-0. <laughs> yeah, what's but, up, uh, no, thanks for having me on, dude. Of course, of course, man. So we met via tiktok how grown men meet nowadays oh, dude. and so i think it was your live that i came across and it was the uh veterans referring veterans and i noticed that in your uh your background there i'm gonna have to get something from myself here yeah it's uh, pretty official man do you want to elaborate a little bit on the uh veterans referring veterans get yourself yeah, and, and honestly i think it goes with what you were just saying in the beginning with transitioning out and all that it really has to do a lot with that as well um so so veterans referring veterans came about. So, so separate than this. So my other job, I'm a realtor, right? So I'm a realtor down here, kind of trying to find my place on where I fit after the military, after taking off the uniform, it was very disorganized, I guess is the word to say. I, it, it's, you know, you're kind of all over the place. Um, but anyways, through my realtor stuff, I mean, we jump on that here in a bit, but through my realtor stuff, I found that, as you know, Every referral you're putting out there, whether it's good or bad, it's coming back to you, right? So mm -hmm. I found myself only using veteran-owned businesses for my clients with my real estate stuff because my my veterans were showing up on time. They're putting their heart and soul into everything. They're treating my clients like actual people. So literally within like a week, because um, I, I took this stupid biggest waste of money in my life this class for real estate stuff and it was, it was <laughs> dumb but one of the takeaways is like oh you need to start up your own networking thing da, da, da. and i was like i'm gonna do that man everybody's got these same networking events i don't know if you've been in networking events before but they're just so dry boring same crap over and over and over same people some of them can be good don't get me wrong but anyways i never saw my veterans at these places but it's because they didn't have these two-hour breaks to go to these long lunches breakfast dinners whatever it was mm -hmm. and because uh, they're always working so so i came up with doing my own it was going to be like a facebook thing just veterans referring veterans i came up with that idea like the the name for it like literally overnight i was like oh let's do this and so um what started as a Facebook group literally rolled into the website you see today and like everything it. really it is today within a week um, where we branched out. So at its core, Veterans Referring Veterans is 
consider like Angie's List, but for veteran-owned businesses and nonprofits. We I like it. This- just over two years ago, it's free for consumers to use. We got everybody from laser engravers to lawyers to guys that take coins and molds them into rings. Some absolutely incredible stuff. We do socials. Obviously, our our social network platforms is just the way we advertise people out in a different sort of way. You know, bring obviously with TikToks a different beast over there. And what's that website? Veterans referring veterans.com. And then so we're literally global. I got two guys over in Germany that are U.S. service members. One's an active duty Marine still, all the way over to Guam. And this nice. is all within two years. It's spread to all over the U.S. And then we do socials, networking events at different veteran-owned businesses. So we'll do, and they're open to everybody, man, because there's a huge gap between the civilian community and the military community, veteran community. So I like to showcase, like highlight a veteran at that veteran business, but bring in different VRV members, set up tables, and then invite the community in too. It'll be like, look, this is what we're doing. We're not all here for handouts waiting to come out of our houses on Veterans Day to go to freaking Applebee's. <laughs> Although it's I mean? not a bad thing to do. Sometimes you got to go get your <laughs> Applebee's on. Yeah, so uh, while active, man, you made a trip to Iraq and uh, it was not the leisurely trip. Oh, it was. So everything happened for a reason, right? There was a lot of stuff that happened in Iraq. You know, I it's funny because one of my guys that was severely injured is has been on huge on the news like two three years ago with the whole we we build the wall thing i'd talk about that later but anyways no man um in iraq i guess the big story was we had we had a couple close calls but then we had in 2000 november 1st of 2004 on my birthday it was two in the morning we get you, you were at you said you were at Balad too. Mortaritaville, so, man. Exactly. So we would get pounded freaking all the damn time. And it's it's the ones that don't explode or the, <laughs> the real ones that uh give you the wake up calls a bit. But anyways, long story short, had an F-16 fuel tank because this is during the Fallujah campaign. So we were humping yeah. bad. And uh F-16 fuel tank ended up coming down two in the morning on my fingers, cut off the tips. And so, yeah, so ended up losing my fingers, had to go through uh, Mazul, long stool, did the whole nine yards. They didn't do surgery until I got back stateside about a month later. But uh, really, I don't want to get into all the that stuff, the medevac process, but yeah. my God, man, the medevac process is absolutely incredible. Still talk to a bunch of these Marines and Army that, that I was, you know, because here I am, the Air Force guy with an amputation. <laughs> They're like, yeah. what? the hell are you doing they uh we still keep in touch with with some of us that were down there but that process no news station no no nothing i i don't think anything could really encompass all the emotions everything that went on with that flight just that whole process in general that's why long stool is super near and dear to my heart but it's it was a, definitely a, an experience man so it was um but it was a blessing in disguise because um you know i never like watching the sunsets, watching the sun, you, you just war in general, you, there's a lot you don't take for granted. And then I think uh, seeing the severe injuries and seeing others injured the way they were is, is it's a whole different ball game, you know? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I wind up talking to a lot of my sailors and now I'm, I'm, I'm an E6 myself still on the Navy reserves. And I have junior sailors that are, uh, they call them idogmatees. They wind up going out on mobilizations without our unit. So they mm-hmm. wind up just sending these and for lack of a better term, young, young sailors. I mean, they're like 21 mm-hmm. heading over to the middle East. Some of them are even younger and they asked me because I got, you know, I got my tours over there. Um, what what should I expect? And I'm like, you know what? 
every deployment is going to be different. Yeah, I, I yeah. couldn't even tell you what to think, but just when you get back, make sure that you get yourself taken care of because you're going to see something a lot different than anybody else here is going to be able to understand. Dude, that's something actually I want to hit on too. But real quick, so going off of that, man, my buddy Bucky, who was the one that um, I, I always say he was the one that lost my fingers because he <clears throat> he ended up dragging me to the CASIF. And so my fingers had fallen out of these tech wipes that they were in. <laughs> so one had fallen. We're in this bobtail. One had fallen on the floorboard. One had fallen in between the seat buckles. And so because we rolled in there, the colonel's like, you know, Colonel sleeping on the ground and blah blah blah. He's like, "Well, where's the rest of the fingers at?" I was like, "Oh shit, we forgot him out in the." Sorry, am I? Can I? Say no, that? it's That's, okay. You're okay. Fine. I know you made me a little sensitive here. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I always say uh, he brought him in, man, and they were just oh, they were nasty. But um, I always, I always joke around that he was the one that lost my fingers. But anyways, flash forward, he's still in the Air Force. They're getting ready to deploy over to Afghanistan, and he called me up, man, and he's like, "Dude, I don't." know what's with me i was like he's like i'm worried this time you know i'm 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 I'm, you know i'm honestly scared and so i told him dude your life changes like when we went over to iraq we were what 20 23 years old 22 23 years old just freaking let's go do this blah 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 i don't care now he's got responsibilities he's got his wife he's got a kid on the way this and that so the whole mindset changes and that was like you know when i left my daughter my firstborn daughter she was what two or three months at the time so i you know brand new dad and here i'm leaving and then well, i don't get in the story about my ex but um we didn't really know each other all that well anyways yeah it's 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 different man and and it's crazy when you're in certain situations like i tell my i told my airman like when i retired out i i said look you're like we were in california at this training base like the most laid back like i was basically a civilian wearing <laughs> west coast like, and dude, air force oh, sign me up dude it, we were run by civilians and stuff it was it was a it was paradise. I'll just say that. But I told my guys, I was like, do not get complacent. You have this yeah. stupid training that we're doing still. You you may hate it. You may doing this and that. But guess what? Something happens downrange and everything will click. Everything will just, you're going to just start beating to a drum that you didn't know. You're like, oh, yeah. that's why, that's why, that's why. And so I told them, you know, you, you cannot take your training for granted. Like it may suck now and you don't understand it. And hopefully you never will understand it. But if it, <laughs> if you're in a situation where it does, you're going to be damn glad that you paid attention. <laughs> yeah, training becomes second nature and you're thinking yourself the entire time like why are we doing this why are we do- we've done this i know how to do this i've done this we've done this so many times and then when it finally hits it mm-hmm. clicked and it's like how do i know how to do all this stuff of it? Mm-hmm. oh yep, 100%. Training. but that repetition is what winds up haunting us in the long run is what i found yeah, no, exactly. And it was funny. So my my daughter was getting her blood drawn just like two weeks ago. And we were in these like areas where it was kind of open. So you could see the people across from us. And this other dude, this guy comes into the place. And he's running his mouth all loud, like Mr. Bossy Pants. I'm like, shut up, dude. But anyways, his daughter's getting her blood drawn, right? And I, I'm looking over at her and I see her kind of gaze. And I'm like, oh. And then her eyes go, I was like, here we go. And then um, she went, <laughs> head hits, this freaking side goes down. Her dad just standing there, just standing there, totally locked up, totally frozen. My daughter's like, because then also I rush out of the room to freaking run over there. My daughter's like, what's going on? And um, I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, dude, you're, I mean, she went down hard. 
And he literally stood there the whole time. I'm over there. The other nurse was over there. And then, you know, prop her up. And he's like, oh, man, uh, I just have anxiety and da-da-da. Which I, everybody in different yeah, situations yeah. has different things. And I don't get you wrong. But it's it, it was kind of crazy. It was just one of those things from the from the military still. If I didn't have the military stuff, I would have been like, oh, my God, what do I do? Oh. But, <laughs> How many um, times do you see somebody lock up their legs and fall? And you just watch them like, <laughs> oh, we got one. We got, all right, let's grab. Let's grab. I love watching those yeah. videos, man. Like Marine Corps, especially, man. They just let them guys drop and they wait till everything's done. And I'm just like, man. dude, I have seen those. And you're just mm-hmm. like, you could at least like somebody. We were we were at a change of command ceremony, and this was with. Uh, he's now I think he's either a two star or a three star admiral, Roy Kitchener. This man was one of the baddest mamajamas we I ever sailed with. He was our yeah. he was our commanding officer, and uh, at his change of command, <laughs> he was in the middle of his speech. I can't remember who it was, but they ate shit so badly, and it was on our on the ship. It was the non-skid. So yeah. if you guys are not familiar with non-skid. It is worse than cement. It was. It's like so that you you're can talking on the flight decks, right? Yeah, it's yeah. basically like I I I think it's it's kind of like um stucco. Remember the ceilings, the the, the like the the whatever stuck popcorn ceiling or stucco. Yeah, ceiling? yeah. It's so that you can grip the deck with your boots yeah. as you're walking in the ship's rock. Yeah. So this dude went face first into that stuff because yeah. he locked up, and the captain seriously just kind of looked to his left with a bit of a smile on his face. He looked back for without missing a beat and kept talking. I was like, oh my god, dude, I, yeah. <laughs> That stuff's no joke, man. The the oh, it's yeah. like a like a like a rhino like industrial yeah. strength yeah. rhino liner, dude. But like yeah. a, a, like on steroids. Yeah, exactly. Liner. Yeah, it, yeah, it's some no rough joke. stuff. Yeah. So uh, so you got out. You know, 2015, we talked about that. Uh, medically retired. Congratulations. That's a nice day. I, yes. I mean, I'm sure you'd love to have all your digits back and be able to be fingerprinted by the uh, FBI if necessary. <laughs> no, I had to. So, so, <laughs> when I, so like with my concealed carry and all that, like Sheriff's uh-huh. Department was like, how the hell do we do this? They have to put, they put sticky notes. <laughs> 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 <Thank> <laughs> <on> my... <laughs> It's funny. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I got him in the truck. We found him. We brought him back. <laughs> you just, you, just you rolled a little donut on there. I always, I always. So I got two, two of my VRV members that are civil. They're contractors over there doing stuff now. So I was, mm-hmm. they're on Operation Find My Fingers. Is what they're doing. So, but you no, man. What? Yeah, I ended up. I came down with like California. I started hacking up stuff like bad, bad, bad. Like it was horrible. That's a Kuwaiti crud, bro. Dude, it was horrible. Well, the thing was, long story short, I came down with Crohn's disease, right? Mm -hmm. With my stomach, which was super embarrassing, sucked super bad. And then COPD with my lungs. And that's what I was really hacking on. Dude, I was hacking up black shit, freaking blood. It was horrible. And I went down. And that's all military related? So the doctor, so they sent me off base because of course the the on-base docs was like, I don't know what the hell you're doing, you know? Um, so they sent me down off base, had this amazing doctor, and he started pinging away with me right away. That was that was some wake-up calls, too, because I did I did smoke for about, like, six years and all that, talking about everything. And he's like, no, you, you didn't smoke long enough to have your lungs the condition they were yeah. in. He's like, were you in Iraq? And I was and this is a civilian doctor. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, with the burn pits? And I'm like, yeah, I was. Because we, we used to have to jump, dump the JPA. Like we use JPA into the burn pits over there. So for anybody who doesn't know what JPA is, it's a fuel. (laughs) It's 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 a heavy fuel. Yeah, it's. I mean, this stuff. 
this stuff, yeah, it's not your average fuel. It takes a high amount of energy and heat to actually ignite it. So it's crazy. So you could throw a, a lit match into a bucket of JP8 and it won't do nothing. But anyway, so yeah, we were, I guess we'll talk about the burn pits later because you were in there too. He asked right away if I was in the burn pits and I was like, yeah, I was, you know, doing the thing over there. He's like, that's it. That's what's it. And he's like, that's probably what, what triggered your Crohn's because a lot of people have Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Uh-huh. And um, it takes like an environmental factor to basically flip the switch and turn it on. And with all the stuff we were burning over there, and he's like, that's, he almost guarantees like, that's what it was. So my COPD, basically I have the equivalent of like 80 year old man old lung lungs they're they're a lot better now but i'm on these steroids and all this other crap and uh um, so, guys caught it that's the important part. yeah 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 so it's 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 all good and dude that was some wake-up calls right there man because they i remember going down you know they're testing for all this stuff they did one of those things that they put the dye into your blood so they can yeah. restrict everything did you get like super nauseous with that i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. but anyways i was like what's this for i'm like well it's for the lung cancer i was like what <laughs> lung cancer i'm like dude i didn't get that memo you know so i'm like freaking out i'm going in this machine like holy shit but it was my other doc was like no he's like it's we're seeing what's up with your lungs we don't you know just take precautions but i do got two lymphoids that they got a monitor on my left lung yeah and then then other stuff from i guess i had like a brain mild brain hemorrhage too i don't know but yeah they're monitoring different stuff good lord yeah, they're just like just but, hook you up, man. But dude, uh, exactly. so like, just say real right. quick, burn pits, dude. Like, so for those that don't know, like this burn pit that was over in the block and blood was like literally almost the size of a of a like a football field at the time I was there. Well, yeah, we took a lot of other bases trash too. Yeah. Blood was a major hub. Yeah. And we burned everything, man. We burned everything from old food to feces. war materials. I'll just say war material. Anything that's war coming out of war, that's probably where my fingers went to. So um, <laughs> it's 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 it was brutal. And they were they were we had no mess at the time. We had nothing. And I'll never forget, dude. There was this army guy running this freaking bobcat down in the bottom, and he's trying to I don't know be in charge of the fire for what it was worth. But I couldn't tell if that dude was black or white because he had so much ash all over him. The only thing he had over his face was a freaking handkerchief, dude. Like it was He was fighting COVID. Dude, yeah, I know. He was staying safe from COVID. But uh dude, it was it was brutal, man. And we had nothing we didn't think of it at the time. We're in Fallujah where we were at was Sniper Alley at the time. So we got to dump yeah. our stuff and get out of there. Dude, it was it was nuts. And there were so many times we're dumping JP8 and there's this freaking Iraqi on the other side smoking away. I'm like, this is this is not the way I envisioned myself dying was dumping jet fuel by freaking some Iraqi smoking and doing whatever over here. But um, yeah, man, it was it was nuts. And you you saw it. Yeah, yeah it I ridiculous. I, I I almost guarantee that dude who was who was running the pit in the bottom is not here today. So yeah, they're making sure that all winds up as a page thirteen in our medical files. If you served it a lot, because you'd wake up and you could smell it first thing in the morning, wherever you were at. We were right by the uh, we lived. I stayed right by the airstrip, and and the burn pit was just north of us. So it was like yeah. you, you'd smell it every morning, and it was just the worst thing in the world. And oh, dude, uh, our tents were literally across the street from it. Our tents were right across the street. So, like, when they first started going off, we thought there was an IED because all the smoke coming. We're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, man, it was right there. So, at the time we were there, it was literally just the tents. And So, yeah, so I went out there in 08 to 09, and then I wound up going back again for another 13-month deployment. Uh, I was there from 11 to 12, and we were helping okay. shut down all the bases, and I got to see a lot again. Yeah, man, it, it, 
it it is a hot mess still over there. I haven't been there since 12. I wound up going back again to the Middle East with the uh, Marines. Yeah. And if you ever have a chance to deploy with Marines, I'll tell you, go ahead and pass on that one. <laughs> it is not like traveling with the Air Force <laughs> at all. Um, I went with them to Oman. Um, but so we, you, you did your time and I greatly appreciate your service. I see you're wearing your red. I'm wearing my red. It's Friday, bro. We wear our red on Friday. Cause we remember everyone deployed and to my, our brothers and sisters that are downrange, man, please be safe until we all come home. Find my uh, fingers. And find the finger. <laughs> operation, find the fingers. If you guys find a couple of digits that have been missing for a minute, they might be a little hot doggy now, a little extra cook, been in the sun for a few seasons. But uh, you guys go ahead and bring those back. Uh, Justin Clark's looking for those. Uh, but So you, you transitioned out in 2015. And I re- this is what the segment is really about. Yeah, man. That transition, man. What If you can yeah. describe, you know, what you so- kind of went through. So with my stuff, they gave me 100%, right, with the VA, which is all fine yeah. and dandy. That was nice. Obviously, we can we can live off that. But there was there was nothing, and this kind of goes back with, with my fingers, too. I'll stick on this. But I with, when I lost my fingers, um, I was one of the ones that slipped through the cracks. So there was no, like, I had to, with everything that had happened with my daughters, their therapist yeah. was like, hey, have you talked to anybody with da-da-da-da-da? And so I ended up seeking therapy, like, on my own with all the stuff that I came back with. And I was like, yeah. that's just naturally we saw what we saw and whatever i'll deal with it anyways so i don't know where i was going with that whole thing my apologies but so getting out of the military when they told me i had to get med retired out because i was so close to hitting that 20 year mark all i wanted was that retirement and that blue card or whatever but then when i got the 100 they gave me med retirement freaking that's awesome you know i don't have the concurrent pay but whatever i've got my my health benefits which is phenomenal got out um ended up moving to colorado springs which is where i'm originally from here and um i had a real sour taste in my mouth for the military for anything with that and so when i came back to colorado springs i didn't want to see any freaking uniform i didn't want to talk to any vets or whatever i was like dude i just want away and this is like the worst place i could have gone as far as that's concerned because there's just there's like five bases here that you can't it's military everywhere. Oh, that um, air force out that way. Oh, dude, Air Force, Army. I think there's more Army than anybody out here. But yeah, there's, in the there's uh, the academy there though for the Air Force. I'm literally right across the street, so I'm staring at the Air Force Academy right now. Air Force Academy's right here. <laughs> NORAD's over there. Fort Carson. Then we got Shriver, <laughs> Peterson. So yeah, we got a lot out here. But yeah, man. So I one of the things was the VA told me they told me two real good things when I got out. And my VA rep in California was absolutely amazing. He's he's like one. He's like, don't go to the VA, don't go to the VA, don't go to the VA because I got my blue card. So I was like, sweet. So one of the best pieces of advice. And he's like, you always got to find something to do, man. You got to keep yourself moving forward. Yeah. I was like, sweet. So got out, took like two weeks and I was like, all right, I got to, I got to do something with my freaking life here. And I, in California, I rediscovered fishing. Fishing was like my therapy. That's what freaking clicked for me. So there was a local, well, that's nationwide, but there was a retail store here that's centered around fishing. And I never worked retail before, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over there and get a job, just do something (laughs) rather than sitting around all freaking day. So I went over there. That's when I really got, you know, military, you get feel like you treated like a number retail. Oh my God, man. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Anyways, I was working there. And then one of these guys from project healing waters fly fishing they had heard about me and they sent a 
person down and came over and talked to me, you know, and I'm, I'm at this thing doing this thing. And he's like, Hey, I'm so-and-so and we want to take you out fishing with us and blah, blah, blah. It's fly fishing. And I was like, dude, I can't do no fly fishing. I can't tie with you guys. You got to tie <laughs> knots on knots, you know? And I'm like, dude, I, 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 that's, that's just not for me. I'm like, I appreciate it, but I'm good. You know, with you veteran stuff, you guys are uh, whatever. I'm, I'm doing my thing. Flash forward a little bit. I ended up going using my GI bill because I found that I could do four classes a semester and make $500 more a month than what I was making as a lead, which is just under a management position at this, at this place. I was making $500 more a month just to go to school. I'm like, I'm an idiot. Cause I told my girls when I got out, I was like, look, when I get out now, now I'm going to be home on the weekends. I'm going to have nights. We're going to be able to actually spend some quality time together. But I mean, at the store too, dude, I mean, you're paying me 11 bucks an hour and I was in charge of closing that whole safe and accounting for all the money in the entire freaking store every night, (laughs) $11 an hour. Someone comes in here wanting to rob the place, whether they have a gun or not, I'm going to grab that shopping cart and help them out. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, uh, um, but no, man, I, I ended up going to school and then I met some other veterans, you know, we, we clicked at the community yeah. college thing and which was good. And then I kind of started coming back around to the veteran stuff. And then I ended up reaching back out to project cooling waters. I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready now. You know, I'm done being a freaking little sourpuss stump in my freaking feet, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Went out with them, had an absolutely amazing time, met a bunch of cool Vietnam vets, Iraq war vets, this and that. And so that really kind of charged me back up again with the veteran community because I think one of the biggest things I was missing when I got out and maybe one of my frustrations was was that I missed that veteran camaraderie that we had you know like yes I missed the military but the biggest part is that camaraderie because in the civilian world not all civilians but a lot of them dude they don't they don't give two shits about you they're just like what's in it for me talking to you or they will run you over in no time to make themselves look better. And here, you know, as you're still in, you know, serving so many years, looking out for other people for so long. And then all of a sudden all that gets taken away in a flash. And you're like, what's my purpose? Like so many veterans lose their purpose. That's a huge question in the veteran community. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man. So then I ended up going to school. My old man was a real estate really big into real estate. And so I ended up shadowing him and it was fun because I got to meet different people again. And I'm going from, you know, $120,000 meth houses to five hours later, I'm in a $2.7 million, like amazing homes. But, uh, it was, it was cool because I think at the core of it is you're just really, truly helping out people and and just building other relationships with that. So that's where my real estate kind of took off. And then now with the VRV, it's, this has been my therapy and it's, it's cool because meeting people like you, meeting people like, you know, I got, dude, I got so much freaking stuff. I mean, I got four brothers meeting here. Is that four brothers? The, the, the meetering point? Yeah, Man, I finished I've been, this off last I, night. So that's right. I met them on your live as well. And there you go. For them to deliver, it costs more than to buy the damn bottle of me. And insane. I was like, I would love to be able to get, but the 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 packaging and everything like that. You're talking like twenty five dollars just for having it delivered. I'm like, I'm good. 
they've got no and it sucks for them right now because they so they started off like two months before i did right and then so it's been cool to see them grow and i was just there in st louis well just south of st louis in festus missouri in november so to see them have an actual physical place is amazing but when they were first starting out they couldn't ship couldn't do anything they were finally able to and at that time it was a lot cheaper so i was like sweet man they're like we got our liquor license so we're we're totally legal now blah 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 sending it out so they sent me out a bottle here to colorado it was like two days later one was going to texas and amazon opened up the box because blah 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 found out long story short found out they need to have a liquor license in every freaking state that's oh, like wow. three to five hundred or three to seven fifty i think quarterly for them to have a liquor license in these all these different states so they're like dude we're screwed you know so i was like yeah. so i had the very first bottle in colorado <laughs> that was that would thank god it came in but now they have to use they go through like a wine company because when you order you have to go through this other place and so they have other fees that are on top of that it's hard to ship liquid as as it is yeah, but, no, Uncle so, sam's gonna get their penny out of it oh dude yeah so hopefully in the future once they then once they really really stand up and are able to to really ship their own stuff and afford these licenses, they can yeah. bring that that price down a bit. But yeah, right now it is expensive. But you got to support my brothers, man. So I got. No, I hear you. I hear you, and yeah. I, I I totally want to get me a bottle of it. I, I've never drank mead before, so I wound up going to my local Benny's, and pretty much it's just sweet wine. Yeah, and, I was like, and it's ain't bad. I had I had one here because I had no idea about it whatsoever until I met these guys. And there was this little pub here that had it. I was like, whatever, we'll we'll try it. Hated it, man. I was like, this stuff is disgusting. So I was really hesitant when I got the four brothers meat in my hands. And I dude, I, I know did you not. Good. I freaking love this stuff. And this, this one too. Sorry, I got to do another plug here, but this one is made with maple syrup. That's from another VRV member, another veteran-owned business in Vermont, oh, wow. Summit Maple Farm. And it just brings whole nother level to it so anyways i'll shut up because i'll start talking about all these guys forever (laughs) so now you talked very very briefly because you kind of went off on your tangent there (laughs) but uh that you sought mental health um you elaborate a little bit more on that so with my daughter so i went through when i got back from iraq obviously i i these were open wounds on my fingers i trying to make this short and sweet for you um Basically, long story short, I became a single dad. There was, when I was gone, there was a lot of abuse that was happening that I had no idea about in regards to my ex, meth, coke, you you name it. So there was a lot. Me, myself, I came back with my injuries both physically and like mentally as I can say yeah. now. So this this is what first made me discover it. So I, I came back with a whole freaking bottle of oxycodone like or or no there was a there's a one step above that and it was like the 10 milligram ones. They said the next step above that is straight up morphine. So it was some high potency stuff. I'd never take this crap right i unless i it's an absolute dire need even on the hvac playing out on my on my thing it's you know texander clark's freaking denying morphine at this time so they'd have to yeah. annotate that when they're supposed to take it but i was like dude i'd rather deal with the pain than to yeah. deal with that mental crap so anyways it was like my third day back home in in utah and granted they're open wounds i had a freaking nightmare and my hand hit the freaking headboard i was like oh my god oh my god like it the pain now 10 times worse than when they first got cut off and Mm -hmm. finger amputations is one of the worst ones you can have the doc said it would have been less painful if i would have cut off my hand or my whole arm because of all the nerve endings that are right here so i chose a good one anyways i 
went downstairs to go grab my pills and 60, 60 of these pills, right? Gone. All of it no gone. Kidding. All of it gone. And so it made sense to me because here I am. My daughter at the time now is what, nine months, 10 months old. She doesn't know who I am. I'm a complete stranger. And yeah. I'm trying to change her diaper with one arm because baby mama's passed out in the freaking bedroom. I'm just thinking she's exhausted. Da, 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 and I, I, I didn't know. I didn't put two and two together for a long time. So anyways, when I got to Hill, when I got HVAC'd out, God, see, I got to keep this short and sweet for you. But anyways, because that's a whole fun story in itself right there. But anyways, when I got back, they're like, the shirt in my commander was at the uh, at the airport in Salt Lake City. And they're like, hey, we got an appointment for you to go see the doctor first thing in the morning, da, da, da. So I head down there and I said, hey, um, I'm here because every night I'd have to rechange the dressing by myself. It was, that that's fun, reopening the wound. But I go down there and they're like, yeah, we got you an appointment, blah, blah, blah. Because I'd, I'd always hide my hand with everything. So I didn't want everybody to know. Anyways, I go down there, take off my dressing. Major walks in the door. She's like, oh my God, what the hell happened? She's like, why didn't you come in earlier? What's going on? I'm like, dude, I like literally just got back from Iraq last night, you know? And I'm like, you guys didn't get the memo? They're like, no one told us. So like no one told the doctors what was going on. So that was the beginning of it. Fast forward five years later to really answer your question. I got a phone call. This is when we got back from Jordan and we're in Jordan for a while. And they're like, hey, we just saw, I got a phone call back from, cause you got the post deployment forms and all that stuff. I got back and, and, and they were like, Hey, we, we saw that you were in uh you got injured in combat and we wanted to see, we need to get you in for therapy and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, I was like, I just got back. But I was like, this wasn't a combat. Nothing was combat here. This was, it was freaking amazing. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. They're like, no, our records show that you had just gotten back from Iraq and you have been amputation. I'm like, dude, that was from five years ago. Like, what boy. are you talking about? And then they're like, oh, long story short again. They're like, you must have slipped through the cracks. So we need you to come in and do this, blah, 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 blah. Well, before this, like I had mentioned before, I'd seen this therapist with my daughters and she had talked to me. She had done some amazing things for me, like yeah. mentally, man. Like she took the one thing she took, like all these, I guess, the hardcore images, I guess, <laughs> mentally. And she's like, put them into a, a, like a photo book, like in your memory. And she's like, flip through it. And so I was like, mentally, I'm like flipping through it. She's like, now close it. And she was like, bam. And I was like, holy shit like it was crazy it was it was a crazy experience but it was like oh my god i was like that was freaking cool like closing that chapter and blah 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 accepting it i don't know what the whole thing was for it but it was nice it helped me out it was freaking it's great it's like different tools that they're able to right. use to help right. us break these different issues down yeah yeah and i was like that was freaking awesome thing then when i started getting my and this was probably about six months to a year later which i'm doing fine you know obviously we got you got memories and stuff like that but nothing like before but then the air force gives me that phone call it's like we got to get you in to see a therapist and da 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 so i'm like my god i'm like dude i'm good i'm good i don't want to do this they're like no we have to do this blah 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 and this is you know, now this is 2008, 2009. Well, yeah, 2008, 2009, where they're like, oh, we need to address this suicide, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, so I go down and see these counselors. I went from three different counselors that were absolute garbage. They work for other people, but for me, it was absolutely horrible. Like I had a civilian in these freaking BDUs pushing freaking buttons out and he had patches like randomly all over the place. I'm like, so, so I'm like, who the hell are you to begin with? 
Stolen Valor. Yeah. He's like, yeah, what's your name? And and then he's automatically so so what happened when the freaking ID or what happened when the mortar came in and blew up old boy and blah blah and I'm like, dude, I don't you don't just like I don't know you, you know what I mean? And he's like, it's yeah. like he was wanting to write like a book based off my experiences, and it felt super weird. I ended up walking out. I was like, dude, F you, I'm done, I'm not doing this, I'm not reopening, I guess, this wound mental wound that's already been closed like i'm not reopening this up yeah. for you but then they kept hammering me down i had to go see another guy that had this waterfall stuff and i had to close my eyes this is like weird yoga crap i'm like dude it's nothing was working for me and so it really kind of reopened stuff not not to a bad point but where i was kind of struggling again and that's where fishing fishing came around again and really i mm-hmm. guess patched me back up and so with that is like with this whole vrv with members that are getting out and it doesn't have to be you know ptsd doesn't have to be combat related man it could be from a freaking car accident mst whatever but there's so many different forms of therapy that are out there from you know doing woodwork i got people that make beads like doing all sorts of stuff like me fishing's my thing and actually doing this whole vrv thing man it's so therapeutic for me meeting other people and helping out others and especially those that are struggling like i had a phone call from i had a guy that texted me at the time i only had like three thousand followers on my instagram and he's like dude i'd never been on i i was in a meeting and i got a text message basically like i could tell he was down forgot exactly what it entailed but basically he was going to end it and i was like bro give me give me freaking two minutes i'm going to call you right back blah, blah 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 called him we talked for like two hours this guy's like i don't know why i got on instagram but i got on instagram looked up veterans and he's like your thing came up and he's like i didn't think you were going to respond to me nobody ever responds to me called him dude i talked to him forever our stories were so damn similar and i told him i was like if you didn't have your son right now what is one thing that you could freaking do just for you to make yourself happy and he was like video games video games are it for me you know and i was like huh that's crazy coincidence because two weeks prior at one of my events i had a nonprofit come out and that's what they do is they get together and they play online and that's the way they have their their little community yeah so all of a sudden he joined that and it literally saved his freaking life man that's amazing. i was in damn tears like coming because it's it's hard to deal with 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 suicide stuff and i that week prior I had my buddy Drew who I was deployed with and I was making fun of him on Facebook because he had this goofy looking beard. And I was telling my wife and I was like, get Drew. He looks like an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you need to call him. You haven't talked to him forever. I was like, I'll call him soon, whatever. That Sunday, that was a Friday. That Sunday ended up being a message from his wife and he he ended up killing himself that freaking night. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Sorry, like, man. No, dude. It, I was like, what the hell are you doing? He's got three beautiful kids. Like, I'm like, it blew my mind. But then I'm like, what if I would have freaking called him, you know? And then it was, no, dude, it was, it's hard. It's really hard. And then that guy that messaged me on Instagram, that was that Friday after that, what had happened with Drew is when that guy had messaged me. I was like, thank God he did, you know, because I don't want, we don't, we just, suicide's freaking a monster, dude. So yeah. we got to be here for each other. But I'm like, would it have been a simple phone call could have turned things around? You know, no, anyway, I, sorry, I, I keep getting off. No, my no, 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 man. No, seriously, <laughs> if, if, if you're going, man, go for it, dude. I, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that story, man. That's not an easy story to 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 really share with the uh, strangers. You know, um, not too long ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine he's prior army but i grew up with him in the old neighborhood uh back in chicago and uh he gave me a call and he told me another guy that we we grew up with he wound up joining the 22 
and yeah. Uh, yeah. it hits you, man. Like you, you weren't thinking about it. You didn't, you know, you think to yourself like, Oh no, they're good. I'll, I'll get back to them at some point. So I, I, I try to make that a point on myself to make sure that I reach out to, to most of my military buddies. A yeah. lot of the guys, you know, that I haven't talked to in a while. Um, my wife, she tells me from time to time, Hey, why don't you give, uh, you know, my, one of my best friends, Vince is out in San Diego, uh, or LA area anyways, but always tells me to reach out to him. I mean, some of these guys, they don't know it, but they balance me out. They, they help me yeah. out more than yeah. I can ever possibly help them. And that's, oh, yeah. that's, uh, with my TikTok thing, the broken arrow, that's, that's what it's about. That's that's what I try to do. If I, you know, I get tagged in a lot of videos or a lot of people send me a message or send me, you know, another veteran's video of they're angry or they're upset or they have something that's going on. And the first thing I do is like, hey, what's going on, man? You know, my name is such and such. What's mm -hmm. I serve from? I, I make sure that I lay it down there. Like, this is when I served, bro. This is yeah. this is what I've done in my career. This is where I'm at now. What's yeah. happening? Talk yeah. to me. Let's let's yeah. figure this out. I'm not a professional. And that's one of the things I try to make sure that we are not professionals. We are not therapists. We are not there to to fix somebody else's problems. What right. we can do, however, because I do, I see a counselor as well and allow these veterans or even active duty military to know it is okay to go and talk to somebody about this stuff. Right. You're not always going to be able to talk to your spouse about things. You're not always going to be able to talk to your military buddies or veterans about certain things, but you should at least get it off your chest. Talk to somebody else who you are going to build a relationship forward in your life with so that they are aware of what's going on. And they do give you great tools. I've talked with uh, both the Gunnery Sergeant is either Van or Von, Von uh, Brooklyn and uh, my buddy Alex Thompson. They were my last two guys that I interviewed. They threw out some great, some great info on what they received from their own counselors. You know, these yeah, are yeah, these yeah. are guys who have been through traumatic experiences. And you, like you said, it doesn't have to be a combat-related PTSD. It could be yeah. anything that's out there. Right. But it 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 hurts when when you find out that type yeah. of news. Well, I think one of the things with, with guys, like you said, we're not professionals, we're not legal things, but we can relate. And I think that was the biggest yeah. thing. And that was one of the things I wasn't needing. I wasn't needing somebody to guide me and show me on all these different paths. It was just to understand, I guess, to to somebody just to be able to talk to just a little bit. Yeah. You know? I mean, just like when I just clicked right now, I mean, you found out that I was in Balad, you were in Balad. We could have we BSed about that. God, how long would we be able to swap C stories? As we in the Navy, we call it sea stories or you whatever you I, I have to explain to my wife. We'll 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 hop on a plane going somewhere. We could hop on a plane or wind up going sitting in a restaurant and all of a sudden there's we we see we know a veteran when we see oh, a veteran. And then the next thing you know, you're standing up in their wedding by the end of the <laughs> flight. You know, it's yeah. it's one of those things that we 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 connect, we, we right. share that language. We, we know that we can open up regardless of where, say you only went to Afghanistan and I was in Iraq. Like, oh, we could still BS. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Dealing with Marines or, you know, yeah, don't ever hang out with the army or, you know, <laughs> man, the air force obviously has the best food. They always have an in-ground pool. No, somehow. no, we talked about this. What I, was I the still best disagree. The Bilan. army chow is trash. Dude, the chow at the art over at Balan. Army had it freaking on point. It was the best. I'll it's fight you for it. I think <laughs> hey, real quick, or shout now since Tim's talking about it. Oh, my man. Thank you. 
Yeah, man. Four wards. So TikTok, obviously I met you on TikTok and a couple other veteran members, but one of the biggest ones that most meaningful, the Four Ward Foundation, Brian and Kendra. Brian and Kendra, Four Ward Foundation. So for those that don't know, Four Ward Foundation. And so, yeah, man, I don't know if you saw my vid because I was going to put this up at the chapel up at the Air Force Academy. I thought that was going to be kind of meaningful. Oh, great. But they were doing all this construction up there. So I was like, oh, we would get mm, messed. Wait. Yeah, it'd so, get messed up. No, yeah. Yeah, I'm putting it up on top of Pike's Peak, brother. So I've got my guy that runs this alpaca farm and makes these TJ with Freedom Fleece alpacas. I'll shout him out. He's doing a ride from Virginia all the way up to freaking Alaska, dude. Motorcycle ride. And he's going to be coming through here. So I'm going to be doing a combined. I'm going to get with my local CVMA guys and get some other motorcycle crews. And we're going to ride this up to the top of the mountain and do like a That's awesome. for him. So. Yeah, man. That's beautiful. For you guys who don't know or might not be able to see this podcast, uh, so what he had in his hand is it's a stone that yeah. a family has been painting for, for uh, I believe it was their son, right? Their, their Eric son, Ward. Eric. Yeah. And uh, what they do is they paint it, you know, like a, a triangular folded flag. So it's got the stars on it and has Eric Ward, memory of Eric Ward. Yeah. And what you do is you take that rock and you put it somewhere for people to see. That's all. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. F forward. What is it? I'm sorry. It's kind of glary. F forward project. Yeah. The number four W A R D project. Yeah. They got a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that stuff, guys. If you're able to, you know, all these different non for profit organizations that I've come across, the forward project, battle 20 or tackle 22 fishing, battle 22 with Chad. Chad's good people. You know, recall roster is always a good time. If you're, if you're ever feeling in a shitty mood, check out Adam Fiegel, another Air Force, of course. <laughs> you guys are wild. I mean, AWOL Anglers out of New Mexico. Uh, I mean, there's so many. The Veterans Drinking Vodka organization, they're working up to it. The Headstrong Project is another non-for-profit organization. Uh, the Headstrong Project is, you know, close and dear to my heart. They're, they're a non-for-profit out of New York uh, that get veterans and their family, well, veterans, the mental health that they need, and the families counseling uh, at no cost to the family or the veteran. Uh, it's all non-for-prof, guys. So if you guys are able to, please look up some of these non-for-prof organizations. They're all in my my link tree, in my bio, on my TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, I'm working on figuring out how the rest of this stuff works. Veteran for Vodka, we plan on getting a, a, a website together in which we'll be able to have all these different non-for-profs on there. You'll be able to go and donate whenever you need to. We're going to be closing it up here. Brother, thank you so very much for coming on and sharing your story. I appreciate it, man. I, I really hope that we're able to, to talk a little bit more offline. And uh, I, I'm giving you a formal invite now to join us. September 11th, we're going to be doing a ruck march for the Headstrong Project in the Chicagoland area. And it'll be right. 20 miles. Yeah. Do I need to carry or am I going to be okay? <laughs> Don't have if you, if you want to. If you want to just walk, we'll, we'll get you some uh, finger food. <laughs> and uh, you can just carry those. For, <laughs> no, I, I was being in my protection down there in Chicago. I haven't been down there in a while. But yeah, man. No. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I got you, man. You know, I'm hooked up up here. I'm, 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 I got that 5-0 down. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, um, you're, you're a good guy, man. And I, I love meeting people like you. So I really appreciate you. Well, invite me for that for the we're having me on this podcast because honestly, this type of stuff too can be extremely beneficial for therapeutic for vets. And one quick shout out, I got like over 80 nonprofits that are on the VRV. So you can look yes. up the website and go to the nonprofits, and all of them are freaking amazing. So yeah. Veterans referring veterans.com, guys. Please give it a check out if you're trying to check uh get into the non for profs or looking for other veterans owned 
and operated industries. Give him a check. Justin, again, thank you so very much, brother. Greatly appreciate you. Yeah, man. See you on TikTok, huh? For sure. <laughs> I'll check you live. Thank you, brother.